and welcome to a very special episode of the Going Up Cast. It's going to be a bit different this week because I took a week off and went to the Netherlands and I recorded quite a bit of stuff while I was there and that's basically what this episode is. It's just going to be my entire trip to Amsterdam. I explained to you over the course of, I think it's going to be over an hour long um, by the time this is all said and done. So I hope you enjoy this very special episode. Shut the fuck up, you stupid computer. Very special episode of the Going Up cast. Please share it with your friends. And I will see you next week for a regular episode of the Going Up cast. Enjoy. Hey, gang. It is uh, very late at night. Uh, this is actually the night before I, um, I fly out to Amsterdam. I will be on a plane in like 13, 14 hours, something like that. And I just did like an hour of Game of Thrones recording. And I'm, I'm very excited to go to Amsterdam. I've just been doing some uh, Google looking things up on the old, on the old phone. Um, apologies for the sound of the fan in the background, but I'm just trying to mentally plan and figure out what the fuck I want to do. Um, my essential plan right now is to get on the plane, uh, fly to Amsterdam, uh, most likely gonna bop around the airport for a little while, because, uh, you know, I want to check it out and see what's there and stuff like that, and my, uh, my buddy lands at, like, noon, so I, I have two options, basically. I can either, A, hang out in the airport, you know, get some food, maybe a couple drinks, uh, hang out till noon when my friend shows up and then, uh, he and I can say hi before he heads one way and I head the other, or I can get to the airport and pop around for a bit and then hop on the train to Tilburg, which is an hour plus South of Amsterdam by train. And then the way the pass works, or at least as how I understand it, um, I buy like a day train pass, right? And I can get on and off the train as many times as I want that day, as long as I boop on and boop off, um, as, as need be. And I could stop at towns like along the way to Tilburg. And as long as I can find my way back to the train station, I can just kind of wait for the next train along that route, boop my way on, ride the train further to the next town, hop off, you know, rinse and repeat just to kill time until I actually make it to Tilburg. Um, and that could be, that could be pretty cool. I'm pretty sure the route takes me through some pretty major cities, including the Hague and Rotterdam, um, which would be cool to be able to like check those off the list, even if I'm only there for a bit. But if I step off the train and just kind of putter about for a bit, you know, maybe find some interesting stores or perhaps a place where I can consume a beverage. I think that would be a pretty fun way to do it. Basically killing time until uh, 3 o'clock when I can check into the first hotel, um, which is like a 30-minute walk from the Tilburg train station. Um, should be able to do it. What I also need to do um, real quick before I fall asleep tonight is download uh, the map of Tilburg, or at least get like a, um, like a road map. If I, if I get like map in Amsterdam airport of the country, right? I should be able to get 
like there's Wi-Fi in the airport, so I could prep there as a thing to do kill time, and then um, locate my hotels in the map, right, and then just kind of draw out how to get from point, because I can read a fucking map, I know what the hell I'm doing, I don't need Google Maps to just literally point me where I need to go, which is good, because I won't have um, internet over there, except for Wi-Fi, um, and if I can get into the Wi-Fi of the airport, and then pull up all the shit I need, know where the hotels are, then I can figure it out from there, should be, should be pretty easy, um, he said, hopefully, and then, uh, and then, yeah, after that, get to the hotel, check into the room, drop my shit off, by that time, I will most likely be pretty fucking exhausted, uh, so I'm probably just gonna, like, get some dinner, and go to bed, I know what they say about, like, jet lag and stuff, and you want to stay awake till, like, you go to bed at a normal time, but I think what will most likely happen is I will just kind of sleep and nap my way to the morning of the following day and then I'll be fine you know I'll be I will be okay yeah, I'm not I'm not too concerned about it um but that's kind of my plan for the first day and then the next day my buddy is gonna come to Tilburg to meet up with me drop his stuff off in the room because he's staying the night with me there um because we got a concert that night and throughout the day we're going to be going to um Eifteling, which is the largest amusement park in the Netherlands, uh, and I'm very excited because all the audio on the rides is in Dutch, all the signs are in Dutch, and I can't wait to get lost in a world that I don't know what anything says, and we're just kind of stumbling around and figuring it out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, the concert that night, Arion with the Into the Electric Castle with John Delancey being a narrator. It's like a two and a half hour show, and it's going to be fucking incredible, and I can't wait. And then, um, after that, oh, I need to buy a ticket, um, in the morning. I'm going to write myself a note. Um, after that, I go to my hotel in Amsterdam. And then after, after that, it's like, I've got, I want to go to the zoo. Um, and then kind of work my way back through Amsterdam, back to the hotel. After that, I'm most likely Uber from the hotel to the zoo. And then kind of walk through Amsterdam proper, hit Vondel Park, um, walk that on my way back to the hotel, which is just like a little bit outside the city. Um, it's probably going to be like an hour long walk. Um, but that sounds fine. And then, um, I want to go kayaking in the Amsterdam forest, which I'm right next to. And then there's a, there's a theater in that forest, um, where there is a performance of a thing called Atlantis, which will be all in Dutch, but it's like a food course thing throughout the performance as well as what's happening on stage. And I thought about it, and I'm like, well, I won't be able to understand what they're saying on stage, so what's the point, really? And then I thought, was like, well, if I went to Japan and saw, like, some kabuki theater, I'm not going to fucking understand what that's all about either, right? And it doesn't particularly matter, you know? You can still listen to music and see movies in other languages and not understand that language and still appreciate the art, you know? So that's kind of my, my logic. Plus, I love dinner and a show so i'm sorely tempted to do that and that will be actually on the night before i fly out um i think if i remember to get the ticket tomorrow morning if not i'm not gonna be too bummed about it but i could also probably just show up to the theater that night and be like hey 
here's 20 euro, let me in, you know, something like that. But that's as far as I've gotten, really. Um, there's like a ropes course in the forest, which I might do as well. Um, I'm not going to hunt for it specifically, but if my in my wanderings of the forest I stumble upon it, I will do it. I know it exists, so I know to like be aware of it. Um, apparently there's also Scottish Highlander cows, like cattle, like rich brown fur, big horn steer, just kind of milling about in this forest. Um, that I'm very interested to see, so I'm going to hunt them down too. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I fly home Thursday at like two. So I want to be at the airport by like 11 and get through Amsterdamian customs on that side. Um, I'm probably not going to get much of anything in terms of trinkets, um, going through customs. Might grab some stuff on the other side, um, and then bring that, um, back stateside with me on the return flight, but I'm not going to probably buy much of anything waltzed within the city. Um, cause I don't have much room in my backpack and the last thing I need is stuff. I'll take pictures of things. That's what I'll do. I'll bring home the memories and probably 10 extra pounds. But for now I need to get some sleep so I can be ready for the flight in the morning. So see, uh, see you on the other side of the pond. From uh, from Amsterdam, I have just taken a nap, thus the kind of sleepy croakiness in my voice. Um, but I decided to uh, give you guys the rundown on um, how the first leg of the journey has gone so far. Uh, before I head on downstairs to hopefully find some dinner, because I'm um, like 24 hours since I've eaten a proper meal, so that's exciting. Anyway, uh, woke up at like 8 a.m. Um, to get the rest of my stuff together, like, you know, toiletries and other uh, such guff um, together before I got in the car and went to the airport. Check in through TSA. All went well. Um, ran into my buddy Justin, uh, who you guys actually will have heard on this podcast. We spoke about fitness um, several episodes ago. Uh, he works at TSA now, and I randomly bumped into him, which was serendipitous as all hell, because there's like four entry TSA gates, and I just happened to pick the one that he was manning. That was just, that was awesome. Um, and I got through TSA in about five minutes, and, uh, you know, just kind of puttered around. I had like two hours to kill before my flight, so I had to do my, uh, my ritual. Um, I had to go to... Hudson News and get a smart water and a hand sanitizer and a chapstick. And um, I thought about getting Qdoba, but I had eaten Mexican food for breakfast that day. And um, I wasn't all that hungry, so what I ended up doing instead was I went to this place called the African Lounge where I got a um, bowl of clam chowder and a bee's knees, which is like an old school gin cocktail, but it wasn't mixed very well. Um, because the, the honey had just kind of congealed on the end of the straw, um, which it was still a tasty cocktail, but it was like way too much honey, um, at least for, for my liking. And, um, eventually made my way over to the correct gate, which was under construction. So there was no like chairs at our gates or I was like milling about in the hallway. 
and um, checked my passport before I got on the plane, and I was under the impression that I was going to sit by myself on this flight. Like, there was, a, like, a, a series of, like, four seats that just kind of chilling by themselves um, on the back of the plane. Um, but I'm thinking that may have been on the next flight because this flight I absolutely was sitting by somebody. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was fine. I saw it in aisle seat. Um, it was a nine hour and 26 minute flight. So I watched Avatar, Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, Star Trek Discovery. I saw like five episodes of that. Um, and now that I've slept, I do think it's pretty good. Um, the production value is super high, so it looks really great. And um, it deals primarily with the early days of the Klingon Starfleet War. Um, the war is actually started, um, in the show, which I thought was pretty cool. And, um, it's very, um, I don't want to say warmongering, but it's a very war-focused show, which makes sense. I mean, that's kind of what Starfleet was at the time. It was, it, they were at war, so it was, uh, it was pretty good. And I'm hoping that on my return flight, um, which is also through Delta, they will have, it again, and I can finish season one, um, and then probably watch Avatar again, because I fucking love that movie, anyway, got through the flight, they, um, fed us strategically at different intervals, including, like, a proper, like, full-blown meal, which I've never had on a flight, I always get, like, those little snack boxes, um, on, like, Alaska flights, but Delta actually fed us, and it was, like, hot, and pretty, pretty tasty, I mean, all things considered, what do you want for a free meal, you know, your money back, um, yeah, I did that, uh, they gave me a sandwich, like, half a sandwich, which I think I still have, I'm probably gonna snack on that here in a second, I think it's like a turkey and cheese something fucking sandwich, um, but I think I still have that, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat that, because I'm very hungry, um, and then we landed, and, I mean, I did a little bit of research before coming to, um, before coming here. Um, this is my first time, not only in the Netherlands, but on mainland Europe, um, ever. You look out the fucking window, and it's the flattest country in the world. Um, feels like I'm in Florida, rather than being in, um, being in the Netherlands, but, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, I did some research before coming here, and I know that about 96% of all people native to this great country speak English. I failed to understand that while 96% of this country speaks English, 96% of this country does not speak English as its primary language. The primary language of the Netherlands is Dutch, and I should have known that. <laughs> Um, despite the fact that most of the signs in the airport were in English, um, and indeed most, like, important signs, um, I've seen outside have also been in English, um, except for, like, street signs and stuff like that, but you can fucking, you can figure that shit out, it's not that difficult, um, but for things like intercom announcements, nah, motherfucker, that shit ain't in English, um, so good luck trying to figure out what the hell's going on, um, I was going to say, long story short, but this is kind of all about stories, isn't it? So I get off the plane, and my original plan 
was to hang out in the airport and eat and do some shopping um, before my buddy flew in from Naples. Um, but turns out you can't buy things on the wrong side of the gates. Like as soon as you get off the plane, you basically have to leave. Um, those shops are for people who are flying out of Amsterdam, not coming into Amsterdam. So I had to go beyond the gates in order to find shopping to do. Um, but by this time, like once I'm through the gates, I am like, I've been conscious for like 19 hours and I just wanted to go to the hotel and check in landed about seven 30 took me to about eight 20 to get my train pass, get some dude in the train booth to give me the schedule. So I knew which platform to go to because it doesn't tell you on the train ticket. Um, because the train tickets like all day. So it wouldn't give you like specific details like that because there's like a million and one different ways you could actually get from one destination to another via the train. So that was a, that was a bit of a learning curve. And, um, eventually I got on the right train, which broke down like for 45 minutes. Um, but because there are so many trains, it doesn't really matter for like connecting trains. Cause I show up at the platform and then fucking three minutes later, my train shows up and I'm just like, okay, let's just keep on rolling. And uh, indeed we did. And I eventually made it to the town of Tilburg, which is where I'm at now. Um, took a 30 minute walk through the town uh, along main roads to get to my hotel. Um, about two hours before they would let me check in. So I just kind of sat and used their Wi-Fi um, until they let me into the room and I got into the room and I came upstairs and I took me like 10 minutes to figure out how to turn the lights on in this place because um, apparently there's a thing by the door where you put your key card for the room in it and um, the idea there is that it saves energy because you need the key card to get back into the room and when you take the key card out all the electrics in the room die including um, the aircon which I was like oh I guess that also explains why they only give you one key card to the room. So you can't just like leave the key card in there and then come back. Like, you know, um, that makes sense to me, but it was, a it was a long trip. I think I was awake for about 21 hours before I took a nap just now. It took like a three hour nap. Um, and I'm pretty sure they just have food downstairs. So my plan is to look somewhat presentable and then just go downstairs and eat whatever they have available because I'm very tired and um, come back up here and uh, actually go to bed, go to like proper bed. Um, that's the plan at least because tomorrow I need to be up and moving by, by eight, by nine, one of those times um, because we are going to Eiftling, Eiftling, I can't remember. We're going to um, the largest amusement park in all of Amsterdam. All of the Netherlands, rather. And it should be pretty good. I'm very much looking forward to that. And um, also, obviously, the entire reason I'm out here, the uh, the concert is tomorrow night. And um, it's going to take about 30 minutes to walk from the hotel to the concert venue. Because um, the concert venue is pretty close to the train station. So, go to the amusement park, come back get the tickets, head on over to the, um, to the concert hall, see the concert, come back, um, go to bed. And then the next morning we will wake up and then basically 
head on over into Amsterdam proper, dick around for a little while, um, until, uh, it's time for my check-in, and, um, yeah, should be, uh, should be pretty easy going after that, because my hotel's on a lake, and I look forward to just kind of hanging out, maybe renting a bike or a kayak, and just pitter-puttering around, um, yeah, the room is pretty nice, most of the TV channels are in Dutch, but it's, like, shit I'm familiar with, like, I fell asleep, too, watching, um, uh, Pokemon, but it was, uh, dubbed in, in Dutch, which I thought was very entertaining, um, I, I kind of had this, this idea that if I watched, like, uh, like, kid shows, I might be able to pick up a few phrases, um, based on the context of what was happening in the shows, but I couldn't find any um, TV shows aimed at kids that young that actually was in Dutch. I did find one, like, kid channel, but it was on BBC, so it was in English, and I was like, damn it. So, yeah, Pokemon's in Dutch, and that's not going to help me, um, because the only words I understand from the Pokemon are the names of the Pokemon. So, oh well. Um, Yeah, my hair is a right fright, so I'm probably going to take a quick rinsing shower just to make it lie flat um, and then put on some proper clothes, probably just my shorts again, and uh, head on downstairs and see what the offering is. And if there's nothing there, then I'll just probably do a wander. Maybe I can find a grocery store and make my own dinner. God damn it. So, but yeah, that was day one. And um, it's going to end triumphantly after I eat just hopefully just a ton of food. I need I need food and... Um, drinks and shit so i'm gonna go figure it out talk to you all um later on in the next thing in the podcast hey gang it is technically day three and i am very tired it is like 10 30 at night so i thought i would do this uh recap while i was Closing my eyes and falling asleep. And it's like 10 a.m. when you're listening to this, so I apologize for that. Anyway, after day one in the hotel, I think it's the last thing we heard. Um, Let's see, we got some breakfast. And then we went to Eiftling. Which is pretty good. Um, about the size of Disneyland. If you took out California Adventure, I would estimate. Decent sized park, but it, you can also do everything worth doing easily in a day. I think we did in like half a day. It wasn't even a challenge. Um, but the rides are pretty good. Hit every coaster. And then there's some... Um, one kind of... Bonusy dark ride thing... Called Phantasmico... Or Phantasmasm... Or something... I can't remember... Um, but it... Was pretty goddamn cool... Trackless ride... Had interactable touchscreens... That could alter what was happening... On the ride in terms of the animatronics... Very impressive tech... And um, has it started with this little show 
with animatronics and you know like um when you're in the room before you get on the ride just to kind of set theming and stuff like that and i'm standing in this room and it's set up like um like there's a big grand staircase and there's a bunch of awesome paintings and some animatronics and they're talking and stuff and i'm sitting here going like there's no real door in here how do we how do we get on the ride like i couldn't figure it out and then at the end of the show what happens is like the little court jester guy casts a spell and the staircase just splits in half um like long ways and that's how you got onto the ride and i was like oh damn that's cool i didn't see that coming so afterling was very cool um like man if you're in the area sure but in terms of like going to the netherlands for that is no no it's not worth it um it's fine don't get me wrong, but it's not, don't, don't come to the Netherlands for that. Like if you happen to be there, then sure. But don't make that a, a destination thing. Instead, what you should make a destination thing is the concert. But since I have many things to say about the concert, we're going to save that for the next thing in the podcast. Oh yeah. the um recap of yesterday was so short was because i was watching uh fast and the furious 8 on um on dutch tv uh fortunately it was in um english except for the uh subtitles we were in uh were in dutch but uh that's a that's an okay movie some of the um action set pieces were pretty cool but it's it's very like kind of surface level, um, in terms of, of 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 a film. It's like you know, not a real deep thinker of a movie, but I you know I love The Rock and I love The Rock being a real cool guy and doing things that normal people are not capable of doing. But you kind of give The Rock a pass because he's The Rock and he can do those things. Um. Anyway, uh, let's see the. God, did I even tell you guys about the first hotel? I can't remember now. I'll just tell you about the second hotel. Second hotel is lovely. I have a... I guess it's a lake? I guess it's... I guess it's a lake. The problem with the... The, the, um, the bodies of water here is that they're all interconnected. So it's like, where does one begin and one end? I'm not really sure. But it's called the Lake Hotel. And I guess it's a lake. It's definitely a, a significant... Um, body of water but it's also connected to like two rivers and then the river goes into the forest and you can kayak that and it's just like just goes on and on and on all the waterways are connected which is very cool and um my hotel room has a queen bed which was super comfortable last night um has a shower it's got a tv it's got an ac unit it's nice and crisp in here um i always like to have the air be cold, and then, like, the blankets warm me up, you know, that kind of thing. That's why I love the winter months so much. Um, gosh. Yeah, it's it's super quiet and super peaceful out here, and I love it. Um, but let's see. So after the amusement park, um, which I think I told you about. Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I told you about that. A very cool amusement park, but don't make it your, uh, your primary destination. Oh, look, there's a duck. You guys can't see, but there's a duck outside. There's lots of ducks here. Um, but then after that, it was the concert. And if you guys uh, recall, I was here to see Arion, A-Y-R-E-O-N, 
um, perform my favorite album of theirs, Into the Electric Castle Live, um, and it was fantastic. We took a um, we took a cab to the concert venue, got a few drinks beforehand, and then we went into the venue itself with our fancy VIP tickets that I got. Um, got some swag bags, including a, a shirt that says like VIP on it, um, a laminate. Uh, one of those rubber bracelet things, and then a couple of like pieces of paper and ads for um, what some of the individual performers um, are doing in terms of solo projects. Because there were like, oh, man, ten to no, it'd probably be more like fifteen vocalists, including the um, the amazing backup vocalists. Um, yeah, about fifteen different vocalists. I think like eight or nine musicians. And then um, the narrator. So it was like a it was like twenty plus performers, and it was amazing. Um, the narrator was John Delancey, who is probably best known for playing Q in Star Trek: The Next Generation, and um, being the villain Discord in My Little Pony. And he was superb. I had this weird like when the show started. Um, John Delancey's face appears on like this big LED screen above the stage. And um, I was like, ah, oh, damn it, he's not actually here, it's just a bunch of videos. And then he just shows up on top of the um, the huge kind of monolithic castle set they built. And he's there in person, and he did a lot more than I thought he was going to. He narrated, like, in between every song with these great, like, Seussian rhymes and stuff like that. He was fantastic. And they played the entire album, and it was amazing. Um, like, everybody did... An incredible job. There's so many incredible performers on that stage that it's like no one was like, oh, this guy was the best. They were all amazing and incredible. And I cannot wait to see the concert DVD because I know they're making one because they told us they're filming it. Um, and I maybe, maybe I'll find myself in the audience shot. It really depends on what day they recorded. Or I guess they could use. A mixture of the three days, because it was three nights, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, it was a weekend-long performance, and then that's it. And it's like, they're never going to do this again. This was the one shot, and I took it, and I'm so glad I did. It's probably, like, I don't want to say it's my all-time favorite concert, but it's my all-time favorite concert. It was just fantastic. Um it wasn't like the highest energy crowd I've ever seen, but then again, like when we needed to sing along, we sang along. And um, I like how we all kind of simultaneously knew what points to sing along to. I thought that was very cool. Um, but God, it was a great show. Two and a half hours. I loved the merch I got. Um, I also bought an extra shirt that had like the tour dates on the back, which I, know, I mean, it's only three nights in one location, but it has the dates on the back. And um, I was always a really big fan of the way he stylized the A in Arion. Um, and so they had that uh, like stainless steel or s sterling silver on a pendant. Um, so I bought that. And what I'm going to do when I get home is I'm going to take it off the, um, the necklace that it comes with. And I'm going to throw that motherfucking A on my car keys. On my little key ring. And just have that. But the concert was awesome. And then we walked back to the, uh, the hotel and went to bed. Woke up the next day, hit the train station, um, after eating breakfast, you know, checking out all that stuff, we hit the train station, rode into Amsterdam Central, and um, 
the reason I came on this trip was for the concert. So everything after this is just kind of bonus fun shit. Um, and I'll be honest, there's there's not a lot in Amsterdam proper that had me excited. Like, sure, the side streets are cool, but I was just not in a good headspace to do exploring. Because I was very hungry and super dehydrated. Um, and then when we eventually got food, it was just okay. And I was just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not blown away by this city at all. And like, I'm, I'm a big food guy. I think, I think food is like the best way to experience a culture. But honest to God, I've picked up three things from Dutch cuisine. Number one, they're good at making bread. Number two, they're good at making cheese. And number three, they like chocolate. And they like to eat chocolate for like breakfast and shit like that. Um, and all of the three of those things are awesome, right? Those like I love bread. The cheese is really good. And this morning for breakfast, there was like a little thing of chocolate bread, and it was fucking delicious. Like, I think it's really telling that the best meal I've had so far was the breakfast I just ate um, here at the Lake Hotel in um, Bad Hoevedorp. I'm it's like B A D H O V H O E V E D O R P, Bad Hoevedorp. It's about 15 minutes away from the um, airport by car. And um, I'm probably going to have the hotel call me a taxi to get to the, the airport. But I'll figure that out. That's a couple of days away. But yeah, I go downstairs uh, for breakfast. And Jesus. Sorry. Massive um, fly in my room. Just a huge little bastard. I'll see if I can't take him out in a second. Um, but yeah, I go downstairs to eat breakfast. And there's no menu or anything like that. The the guy's just like, are you here for breakfast? And I was like, yes. He's like, cool. Sit anywhere. And I was like, all right. And he gives me a, uh, a cup of tea and a large glass of orange juice, which I absolutely loved. And then the plate comes out and it's just a huge spread. It was ham and cheese, like just slices of ham and cheese, um, a like half a slice of tomato, a single like sliced piece of chilled cucumber, um, a big honkin' roll, like a sandwich roll or a hoagie roll if you're in America, uh, the best flakiest, butteriest croissant I've had so far. Uh, a omelet and bacon along with strawberry jam, orange marmalade, the chocolate spread, and butter. And it was awesome. It was so good. It just uh, it hit like a bunch of different flavor profiles. And I cleaned that plate. I ate the whole fucking thing. And yeah, I got it charged to the room so I can just take care of it on, a, on Wednesday. And, you know, I came here. And I'm like, I want to see some nature stuff. Now, flattest country in the world. Not a whole lot in terms of um, elevational nature and stuff like that. I'm also fairly deep inland. Um, that being said, the Amsterdam Forest is across the waterway from me. And, I mean, nature is nature, man. And this is going to be a kind of nature I've not really dealt with before. Predominantly wetland would be my guess. Um, a lot of birds, a lot of ducks, those sorts of things. Um, and also apparently there are 
there are cows in the Amsterdam forest from Scotland. They're like Scottish Highlander cows that were imported to act as natural lawn mowers for the zoo, not the zoo, the forest. Um, so there are just like huge, lightly fluffy cows just in that forest. Um, and you are advised to keep like a good 50 meter distance between yourself and these cows, um, which makes sense. So, yeah, uh, it's supposed to be raining until noon. It is currently nine o'clock. So I am bouncing back and forth between like actually heading out and doing things while it's raining or if I should just kind of bide my time until noon and see if I can't do um, some of the fun nature things later on when it is um, dry or at least not raining. Because if it's going to stop raining at noon, that's only three hours. Oh, but it's kind of misty outside too. Oh, that's pretty cool. I might do a little wander. I've got a jacket with a hood. Um, it's just not very waterproof, and I don't have any real way to dry it. I mean, I can turn, like, the heater on, but that's not really going to get the job done. Um, but, yeah, so far, um, I think this hotel in this area is far more my speed. Amsterdam is a massive city. It is a very busy city. Elements of it feel more like New York than than other places I've been. Um, but it's... Like... I don't know. I think, I think one of the things I've encountered with coming to the Netherlands... Um, and this isn't a dig to the country. It's just something I've noticed. And I'm sure um, it's something that everybody notices when they go to... A country where English, whilst being spoken by a vast majority of the population, is not the primary language. And it feels, um, the way I've been describing it is insular. Like, I get it, you know, countries are countries, and we're all different and stuff like that, but it's definitely like, I don't know. The people are nice enough, but it can be very, um, un suringly like it makes you it makes you worried that you don't know exactly what you're doing you don't know the customs you don't know what's expected you just you're just kind of guessing and figuring it out and i'm just spending most of my days making sure i'm not offending anyone um and that's also kind of why i wanted to do naturey stuff because it's like you know rent a bike and you just bike around you know there's no, there's no real, like, interaction there. You just got to make sure you obey the, uh, the rules of the road. And I've seen people biking in this place, I think, long enough to know the deal um, with, the, uh, with the biking. And um, there's a place inside the Amsterdam Forest where you can rent kayaks. And it's just like, you know, just go and do that. And it's like, I think to rent a bike for the day, it's like 12 pounds. And I think to rent the kayak for a day, it's like 21 pounds or something like that or it's like seven pounds an hour. Sorry, seven euros um, an hour. And I'm like, that's not that's not bad at all. Um, but yeah. <sighs> yeah, this is much more in my speed. It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's beautiful. It's raining, which I absolutely love. And I'm nice and warm inside and dry. Um, as soon as I kill that fucking fly. 
Um, because it's huge, it's like the size of my thumb. Um, yeah, no, this is this is much more my speed. And Amsterdam's a, a nice enough city, but that's not why that's not why I came here. I didn't come here for the city. I came for the concert, and then I wanted to get out of the city. I'm not, you know, that's not unless it's a city I've been to before. Exploring like a big new city, just kind of like wandering around. I'm just like, eh. or would you rather walk the forest? And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. That's way more my speed. So, I do want to say something. Um before we move on to the next thing in the podcast, is that when you explore, when you go on vacation, when you travel, do what you want to do. Sure, people may have like, oh, you're going to Bangladesh. Well, I went to Bangladesh a summer ago. Let me tell you some places to hit. I'm like, that's all well and good, right? And you probably should have a vague idea of what you want to do when you travel. But like, don't let other people tell you how to do your vacation, and if you don't do the things they say, then you're not doing it right. Like, don't fucking listen to them. The world is your oyster to explore. There are a million and one different things you can do fucking everywhere. And one thing I don't like is, um, oh, you can just do that at home. I don't like that fucking argument. Because it's like, well, I'm not at home. I'm here, and I want to do this here. It's like, there's this weird kind of pressure to do things that you can't do anywhere else in these countries or in these cities. And it's just kind of like, I'm going to do what I want to do, regardless of whether or not you can do it elsewhere. Because I'm not doing it elsewhere, I'm doing it here. And I don't care if it's like, oh, they've got those at home. Like, for example, there's a there's a ropes course uh, company in the Amsterdam Forest. You know, like climbing through the trees and doing zip lines and stuff like that. And I've never done a ropes course before. I am well aware they exist. And I know of, like, several in the Washington area that do that thing. But it's just like, I'm here, you know. Today's Monday. I have today, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I've got, like, three full fucking days to do shit. Um, Biking's only going to take so much of my time. Kayaking's only going to take so much of my time. Exploring the forest is probably going to take the majority of my time. But then, yeah, I'm going to do the fucking ropes course. Because it's like, that sounds awesome to me. That sounds like so much fun. I just got to make sure that I'm not over the weight limit, <laughs> you know? Do what makes you happy is, like, the whole point of this goddamn podcast is doing what makes you happy. Listening to the music that makes you happy, watching the movies that make you happy, watching the shows, doing the activities, traveling to the places that make you happy. That's what it's all about, regardless of what anybody else thinks, you know? Oh, well, you should go to the Rikes Museum because it's, like, one of the world's best museums. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it doesn't interest me, so I'm not going. Culture is not restricted to the insides of museums or the streets of a city. That's part of the culture, but it is not the entire culture. Culture is everywhere. Culture is just doing things that are like there, you know? It doesn't mean you're missing out on what it means to be Dutch or what it means to be a person who lives in the Netherlands. It just means you're seeing a different side of things. So, I don't know. Bit of a soapbox. But it's just kind of it's kind of how I feel. That's what that's what I'm that's why I'm all about. And I'm also very much enjoying this vacation for the fact that I've been relaxing and not worrying about things for like the first time in months, months. 
my biggest concern right now is when will the rain end so I can go outside and have some fun. That's my big concern. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, when you travel, just do what you want to do. I would also recommend um, doing a little bit of research before you go to a place. Because otherwise you'll be like me who did all of his research um, at the airport before the flight actually took off. Trying to figure out what's going on. Um, yeah. Just prep a little bit, a little bit more than I did. But I think I have enough going on that I will be entertained uh, for the rest of my journey. So, yeah, I think that'll do it for this segment of the podcast. Let us move on to the next thing in the podcast. Hey, gang, so the rain has stopped here on day... Shit, what is it? Sunday? What fucking day is it? I've lost track. It's Monday. So... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, day four. Actually, um, if you want to, if you want to get technical about my journey, it is day four, and I just rode a bike for about two and a half hours, um, and I haven't ridden a bike in years. I used to do it all the time back when I lived in um, Bellingham during college years, and. I did it. I did it a lot, and I mean, this is the flattest country in the world. So we're not talking about like difficult biking, um, which is actually perfect for me because I haven't done it in a while. So it was certainly enough of a challenge where I was just like out of breath at some points, and like you could probably hear me just going like. <sighs> um, definitely got the old heart rate up, which is a uh, which is nice. Um, I explored the shit out of that fucking forest. Uh, it took me a while to actually figure out where I was going, um, almost got sideswiped, uh, a couple of times, um, by cars and stuff, because I took, like, wrong roads that were just, like, car only, and I'm, like, biking down like an idiot, and it's not wide enough for a car and a bike, like that, those sorts of deals, um, so that was on me, that's my bad, but I figured it out in the end, um, because what threw me off was it would be, like, you know, um, a picture of a bike on a little like circular sign with a red ring around it, which to me says, no, don't, don't bike here. Don't do that. But I think what it actually means is warning. There are bikes here, um, for like pedestrians and stuff like that. So I think that's what it means. I'm not, I'm still not a hundred percent sure. Um, but I saw a ton of shit. I'm actually going to look at my pictures on my phone while I talk to you guys so I can remember what the fuck I saw. Wow, I took a lot of pictures. Um, Let's see. Oh, did I tell you guys about breakfast yet? I think I told you about breakfast. Yeah, I told you about breakfast. Um, So you get over there, and there's, like, a bunch of docks and stuff with, like, these cool huge chairs um, just chilling on the water where you can kind of, like, sit and relax. And then uh, you keep going into the park it took me forever to figure out how to actually get into the forest i kept like ring roading the fucking thing um there's a there's a large rectangular pool um or like closed off waterway at the top of the forest which is for like rowing practice which i thought was pretty cool um a lot of huge green open spaces just a ton of them and then i found this place um which i'm pretty sure is called mini captain um which is like tiny 
boats and stuff for for like little kids to do. But along this this thing of tiny boats are a series of water-based um like obstacle course event things made out of like logs and shit. Like there's a little boat that you pull a rope and you like pull your way across the water. And there are a bunch of like little balance obstacles and these awkward bridges and like nets and stuff that you can like climb across. Um, and I'm a hundred percent sure they're for the little kids, but this was also along this trail that appeared to be an athletic trail where there would be like, um, pull up bars and, uh, rings to do like gymnastics and stuff on like every couple, like every hundred meters or whatever, like along this little road. And I'm looking at this stuff and you know me. Like, I'm sorely tempted to do stuff like that. But there were a couple of things that stopped me. Number one, I wasn't 100% sure I could use it. And number two, it had just rained. And so all the logs were super slippery. And, like, my shoes were full of mud. So they were super slippery. And I'm just like, I'm going to go in the water if I do any of these things. So I didn't do them. But then I saw something that completely changed my mind. It was a zip line. It was a little do-it-yourself zipline. Is that a kingfisher? Sorry, there's a bird outside that's fucking beautiful. Um, it's a little do-it-yourself zipline over the water. I, I would estimate it to be about... I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Probably like 30, 40 foot zipline. Just a little guy. Just like nothing too big. Definitely for little kids. And there's this like series of wooden platforms floating on the water. And there's little ropes. Basically, you walk along the little wooden platforms which bob like in and out of the water while you're dragging the little rope and you get the zipline back up to the other side and you could use the zipline and i stood there on the precipice with the zipline in my hand looking at like my parked bike on the other side going like there is a better to decent chance that this zipline will not be able to hold my weight it's designed for little kids there's a good chance that this thing's going to snap halfway through and I'm going in the water. So I put like my wallet and my phone and my glasses in like my uppermost pocket. My jacket has this on um, like chest pocket that like zips up and down. So I stuck it all in there thinking that if I did go in the water, it's probably not going to be all that deep, which means my phone and stuff will remain dry as long as I don't go completely submerged. That was my thought process. And I'm holding it and I'm like, there's no way. And so I'm like really leaning on the zip line, like testing. And I'm like, it's a steel cable. Odds are it could probably hold me. And so I took the risk and I went for it. Absolutely terrified. Like I was so convinced that line was going to snap, but it held straight and true. And I glided my way across the water and I stood there just kind of laughing. Um, after like the adrenaline had kind of worn off of, um, of doing this stupid, stupid thing. And I was just kind of giggling myself. And then I did it again. Now that I knew it wasn't going to hold me. And I got that was fun. Um, that was such a cool little cool little discovery. Um, there was this thing called, uh, is, what was it? Groot Kinderpuck? Kinderbad. Groot Kinderbad. Which is this giant like public wading pool. It's closed because of the season. Um, it's getting cold. But it's this massive blue disc. I think at the deepest it probably gets is like 8 inches of water. It's like not deep at all. But... Just a little thing that people can go splash around, and I thought that was pretty cool. And like I said, massive green areas. I saw like a couple of uh, canals just completely covered in like algae, like just so verdant green. And then like the only way you would know it was water is because like ducks would just swim right through the damn thing, 
which I thought was very cool. The forest itself is very reminiscent of the Pacific Northwest, in my opinion. Um, not in terms of like the trees, but in terms of the way it feels, the way it smells. Um, the fact that there are stinging nettles fucking everywhere. But unlike the Pacific Northwest, there does not appear to be the cure plant. Um, when you get hit with stinging nettles, what you do is you want to find like some of those large ferns. Um, and you look on the underside of the fern leaf and there are these orange-yellow um, spores that the ferns create in order to propagate the species. You rub those spores in the stinging nettle wound and that fixes it. It like, it like completely takes the sting out of the stinging nettle. Um, but I did not see a single fucking fern plant anywhere. Um, and I only got hit by the nettles once um, when I took like a, a wonky bike thing and I like clipped the edge and I went straight into like a huge nest of it. And it actually ate through my, my socks and my pants. It was like, it was bad stinging nettle. Um, and you, you never forget that pain. But the forest was very cool. Um, very dark. Although I was wearing sunglasses for most of the time, so that could have been the, the cause of it. But it was like, it's not a very, like, in the trees, they're dense. Those are some densely packed trees. And it it really kind of closed in around you. Um, took a pic couple of pictures of me actually biking, uh, which is very tricky to do. Let's see, what else did I find? Oh, yeah. So I stumbled upon this huge complex like huge for the forest you know um and i'm like wandering around and there's like adorable wooden fences and these cute little like playgrounds and stuff like that and i'm like what the hell's going on here because i keep seeing signs i forget what it was called but it turned out to be a farm like a livestock farm just in the middle of this fucking forest there were probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred goats just in this farm and we're, I'm pretty sure they're like dairy goats, you know, like you milk these motherfuckers for, for goat's milk and there were chickens everywhere. And like, it was very cool. And there's like a little restaurant, um, and there's a big garden they have. So it's like, they probably serve you food created from the farm itself, which I'm like, that's super cool. But I couldn't eat there today. I might do it later. Cause I'm very, very curious about it. Um, just to like taste like the fucking freshest goat's milk shit. Oh yeah. I bet their goat cheese is absurdly good. Anyway, um, I didn't eat there because the smell of the place was unfucking believable A hundred something goats just packed into, like not cruelly, there were huge green fields and stuff like that. But they're in this area, you know, and whew. The, um, yeah, that definitely had a, had a scent of barn and goat's milk. It just had like this air, this like aroma to it. What I did love about it was, so there's the indoor bit where the goats are like hanging out. And then there are these like handmade wooden staircases and bridges that I'm like, are those for little kids? Nah, they're for the goats. And so what it is, is that people can walk underneath these little wooden bridges. And what it allows the goats to do is they go up and over the people to access like the green pastures and they can like kind of wander in and out as they please. And so they're just these goats like overhead, just like looking at you as you're wandering underneath them. And I'm just like, hello, goat. Hello, goat. Um, that was that was super cool. Um, and I look forward to eating there. I think I passed by like three food-based places. Um, one of them is the Rent Your Own Kayak Joint, which I think does like ice cream and snacks and stuff. Um, and I'm going to do the kayaking tomorrow. Um, I kind of want to spread out the, the fun activities because, um, you know aren't that many of them so i kind of want to pace myself i'm probably going to do the ropes course tomorrow as well if i can um 
and I think I can probably find the ropes course because I've kind of biked all over the park at this point. Um, I know where the kayak is, so that's easy to locate. And, um, you know, either, like, bit first. Part of me would kind of want to do the ropes course first because I feel like if I need upper body strength, I would rather have it for that. And, like, kayaking will be intense because it always is, but it's like you could not ask for calmer, flatter waters to kayak around. So, excuse me. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, so let's see. What else? So there was the farm. Um, I actually ended up going all the way from, like, the north part of the forest all the way down to the south part of the forest where there was a whole other, there's, like, a town. Um, there's actually like three towns that border the forest that you have pretty easy access to. Um, and I went to this one town, and there's this gorgeous church under renovations that I took pictures of. Um, forget the name of the town, but I'm sure if I looked at the map, I could tell you. And I did park my bike at a bar intending to eat at that bar, but I couldn't find the doorway. And I was just like, eh, it's just fucking, I'll just, I'll just leave. Um, the final thing I wanted to do was I wanted to find, because I knew going in that there were Scottish Highlander cows in the forest. And, you know, I don't speak Dutch, but I was able to accurately identify which part of the forest had the Scottish Highlander cows. Because it's like, Skoltse Hoganlander or something like that is what the sign said. And I'm like, oh, that's where the cows are. And, you know, you get that big warning sign, like, maintain a 25-meter distance between yourself and the cows. And I just start biking through this area. And, like, looking around in the trees, like, where are these fucking cows? And then just, like, out of nowhere, there's, like, four to six massive fucking cows. Like, about, like, my height at the, sh like, huge fucking cows. Just, like, five feet off the fucking bike path, just staring at me. And I went, oh, oh, you guys are big. And I booked it. I got the fuck out of there. I'm like, these things are enormous. Like, its horns are probably my arm span. These fucking cows are gigantic. And they're just there. Just like looking at you. Sorry about that. Somebody, I think, knocked on my door. I don't know. Maybe I was being too loud. Anyway. Um, yeah, going through the uh, the cow part was very like scary. And what the cows had done is they had taken massive shits all along the bike path um like like disproportionate well actually i'd say they're proportionate to their size they were massive cows therefore massive shits and i mean the shits didn't smell because all they eat is grass but it's still kind of like oh yeah i gotta avoid these um and then after the cows i would say that about rounded out my little journey um yeah the cow was kind of like the last picture i took so basically what I did after that was I navigated my way back to familiar roads and um, I headed back to the hotel, basically. And my current plan is to kind of chill for a bit. Um, I had a lovely beer downstairs, um, which, honest to God, that's like the it's like the only hydration option in in this immediate area. And I'm just like, man, you know, I just did a lot of hardcore biking. Give me a beer. <laughs> you know, it's just like. Not water, not Gatorade. I need a beer. Um, that's kind of your easiest to get option. And naturally, got to charge to the room. I'm gonna have a fucking huge bill when I'm done with this. But it's like, you know, food and beer, and I'll just pay whatever it is at the end of this and call it a day. Um, but my current plan is I am ten minutes away by bike um, from the local grocery store, and I kind of want to get like, you know, um, maybe like a couple of snacks. Just, just some bits and bobs, just so I don't have to like constantly eat at restaurants in order to feed myself. 
Um, but what I also want is um, water that I can consume. Um, not that the water here is bad, but it kind of tastes like it came straight out of the canal. So I'm just going to probably get like a gallon or something of um, better, better tasting water. And uh, yeah, just throw that in my backpack and bike back over here is probably what's uh, what's on next on the docket. And then after that, I mean, it's just figuring out what I want to do for dinner. Um, although I could probably buy dinner at the same time. I don't have like any refrigerator or anything like that in, um, in this room. So I got to be... I gotta be smart. I can't get anything like that needs cooking or anything like that. It would have to be just be like boxes of snacks and stuff like that. Um, but I think it'd be it'd be fun or like dried meats, something like that. But yeah, that's next on the docket. So speaking of next on the docket, let's move on to next on the podcast. Amsterdam forest currently sailing underneath a bridge this is what we call action podcasting and I'm whispering because it's like kind of early in the morning and there's like other people around I'm gently just drifting underneath the bridge right now uh, it's like my fourth bridge I've drifted underneath and uh, they're all fucking horrible spider dens of evil and monsters oh here I go Holding up the oar in front of my face to act as a spider catcher. And... I mean, I'm going like 0.1 miles an hour because I'm trying to paddle with one hand while I talk to you all with the other hand. So it is very, I would say peaceful, but um, I mean, the water is murky enough that I'm like, okay, I'm either like six inches from the bottom or 10,000 feet from the bottom I can't really tell because the water's super murky and honestly it's like if I can see in the water I don't prefer that either because it's fucking who knows what's in these waters um why does everything I do like terrify me why is that why is that the thing oh I just like noticed just like oh yeah when I went biking the other day it was great and then I saw these big-ass fucking cows, and they scared the shit out of me. And today I'm going kayaking, and it's great. But the water's murky, and I can't see what's in it. And anything could be in there, and it's the mystery of the unknown and all that crap. So I'm just like, everything I do this this vacation is terrifying. Um, <laughs> but what is life without a, without a little risk, he says. as like These are probably like the calmest fucking waters you could possibly imagine. It's like a well-mapped-out route. It's going to take me pretty much exactly two hours. Um, the one thing I am trying to do is avoiding going underneath, um, trees, because trees equal spiders. And as we have discussed many a time, including 30 seconds ago, I don't like spiders. In fact, I had threw one off the kayak, like, pretty much as soon as I got going. Um, at least I think it's off the kayak. Let me put it this way. It's not in front of me and it's not visible. So, there you go. Hello. Some ducks. Um, saw a blue heron sitting on the, uh the bank a little while ago. That thing was gorgeous. Um, herons are everywhere, like blue and gray herons. Just these awesome birds. The three ducks that I've been, or the three birds I've been able to see damn near constantly since I got here. Well, I've seen like crows and 
European pigeons and stuff like that, but it's basically mallard ducks. Um, this black duck with a with like a white face that I can't can't remember the name of. Those are very common. Blue and gray herons, and um, I think I saw a kingfisher. I think I spoke about that already on the podcast. Um, what's the other fucking bird I've seen? Oh, um, cormorants. Just an absolute fuck ton of cormorants, which means that the fish population in these waters has to be pretty decent. Um, otherwise, the cormorants wouldn't be here because that's primarily what they eat is fish. Um, they're diving birds. So, Although cormorants, to be able to see in this water, this is some of the murkiest water I've seen outside of like a major city. It is, it is dark. It is dark and you can't see shit in it. Um, so those cormorants must have incredible eyesight. Um, the clouds are rolling in, which is a little worrying. Um, even if I took the shortest route back, I'm still about 30 minutes away from where I started. So if it starts to pour, I'm kind of boned. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to put you back in my waterproof pocket. Oh, oh the leaf fell on me. Make a wish. Whee. Um, yeah, and I'm going to take some pictures and uh, keep on keep on paddling. So see you in a bit. Hey, gang. Is I once again coming to you live from my kayak? I am currently sitting on my buckle. Ah, oh, there we go. Just gonna set you down kind of in that area. Cool. Alrighty. So, um, I almost capsized. Uh, I ran like as soon as I stopped talking to you guys. I like ran head first into a fucking tree, like kind of full bore, and um, in my panic. I, like one of the branches kind of caught hold of the oar and like the the lip of the kayak like dipped under the water for a bit and uh, so my ass is now just soaking wet um, but the sun's coming out which is kind of nice but I'm in the middle of this enormous well enormous for me I mean it'd be like a couple minute swim across the surface of this thing um, but a very large body of water I would say a pond size good size pond um, and there's two paths ahead of me there's the path, which is like another hour and a half to my left, and then there's the path back, which is straight in front of me, and that's the one I'm gunning for because my ass is wet, and um, now I'm kind of paranoid that I'm going to go under or I'm going to lose my phone or something like that, you know, just classic fears, and uh, the sun just came out, and it is lovely. It is lovely. I am pretty much in the middle of this thing. Um, I also, am I moving forward? I mean, the water's blowing against me, so it's really difficult to tell, but I'm just going to do a couple quick paddles. Just, um, get some forward move, move momentum out of this place um saw some massive birds of prey like definitely some some ospreys i would have to guess but i'm honest i can't i want to say it's an eagle it was huge it was it was definitely eagle sized i'm just not sure they're in this part of the world so i'm not entirely sure what i saw but it was fucking enormous and it was definitely a bird of prey um, the color underside of its wings and the, like the way it looked and sounded was definitely a bird of prey. I'm just not 100% sure which one. So definitely going to look that one up in the old bird book when I get back. Um, try to figure out exactly what it was because Jesus Christ, it was huge. Um, gosh. Yeah, it's just, it's just very picturesque. I've taken tons of pictures um, out here, which is awesome to show people but I just I just want to do this when I get back home because like oh look there's some people on horseback that's awesome I forgot you could do that in this forest uh, oh they're riding side by side that is fantastic 
there's a campground um, to the to the far south of here. Uh, where you can ah fuck got got myself good on that one. Um, where you can rent horses, um, which sounds cruel. You can take part in the noble act of horse uh, horseback riding, um, which I'm probably not gonna do. Um, I have a I have a healthy avoidance of horses. Um, I've ridden a horse uh, like a couple of times, and like that thing can kill you if it wants you if it wanted to. So I'm just I'm, yeah I'm good. I'm good. Oh, there's a third path. Am I in the right body of water that I think I'm in? I mean, the path in front of me looks huge. Oh my god. Alright, hold on. There is... Also, I saw like a blue heron like just sitting in a tree from the water and... Like, those are some fucking National Geographic pictures, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you that for free. Um, but up ahead of me there is a log um, on the water that appears to be home to like four cormorants. Um, there's just also a shit ton of ducks out here. The fish population in this body of water must be absurd. Oh, is what the hell are these guys eating? I don't know, but I've yet to see a single fucking fish, which I'm actually pretty thankful for. Um, the only thing that's kind of come out of the water that scared me was a fucking cormorant that like surfaced an inch from my boat, and I went ah, and it spooked me. Um, oh man, I'm so glad I wore sunscreen because the sun's coming out and it's gorgeous. Um, one thing I will say for this trip is that I didn't bring any conditioner, and apparently that's not a thing in um. In hotels here, so my hair is just a fucking nest. It's terrible, and I hate it. Um, I I pride myself on my hair, not to not to toot my own horn, but my hair is some of the softest fucking hair you will ever see or feel, I guess. Um, but only when it's properly maintained. Uh, on on times like this, it feels more like straw than it does anything else, um, especially now that it's mixed with the. What the fuck are you? Oh, you're big. Oh, you're really big. Oh shit, fuck. It's flying right, like, right at me. What are you? Holy sh- holy crap. Oh, you're a little heron. You're a massive heron. Wow. That was incredible. Thing flew, like, right over my head. It's coming right at me. I was scared. I thought it was gonna land on the boat. Oh, oh man. I will say that, um, there are just a metric shit ton of dogs out in this neck of the woods. And what's really cool is that none of them are on leashes, unless they're a dog walker. Um, very self-sufficient puppers. And it's very cool. Ah, damn it, all the cormorants took off. Well, so much for that picture. So I've seen gray herons, and I've seen blue herons. And there are these other, clearly some type of heron. But they're brown and feathering with like a, like a black hat, almost. Like a white face, brown head, black hat, brown feathers. Definitely small, they're the smallest of the herons I've seen so far, but not a heron type I'm very familiar with. So that's very cool. Cormorants flying up above. There's so many birds here. I am so thankful they're leaving me alone. I suppose it's like most creatures. You leave them alone and they'll leave you alone. I'm just gonna paddle my way gently through. Just a nest of ducks. There's a good couple dozen ducks. There are all those black ducks with white faces. Can't remember. Like, solid black with a white face. Oh, a couple of cormorants flying overhead. You can tell it's a cormorant because they have those tiny, tiny heads. And their wings look like they're designed to um, to swim. Which, I mean, they are. Oh, duck just submerged. Wait, a duck just submerged. Oh, Jesus. 
Did you get tackled? What was that? You alright? Oh, there you are. Hey, what's up? Uh, passing by Cormorant Log. Just splashing myself gently with bird flu infested water. Lovely. But yeah, I need to do this when I get home. Because while the act of this is supremely nice, it's just like I've done this before and I'm like, I know what the trees are supposed to look like, and these aren't these aren't the right type of trees. I mean I did see some um some um conifers uh, a little while back, just some good old fashioned I think they were Douglas firs. Um but most of the trees here are deciduous. Which don't get me wrong. I like a good deciduous tree as much as anybody. But I'm an evergreen kid at heart. Wow, look at the algae in here. There's um there's an underwater river plant that I'm currently just gliding over. Um, I wonder if I can get a picture of it real quick with the sun. That way you can actually see it. Hey gang, it is I once again, in case it was unclear and it might have been anybody else, but it isn't. It's just little old me. On the uh, the eve of my final day here in the old uh, in the old Amsterdam Marino. Yep, Dan Marino. That's what they call it. Oh man, sorry, taking off my shoes. Um, well, I'm pretty sure I told you everything that I did yesterday, um, which would have been kayaking, and um, and like a big lunch of like a salmon, smoked salmon sandwich. Say that 10 times fast. And a warm goat cheese salad, which had like a, like a huge, I don't know what you call it, but it was like a, like a, like a little wheel of goat cheese that they kind of toasted on two sides and slapped in the middle of my tasty salad. And I don't know what the dressing was because it wasn't very acidic based, otherwise it would have um, fucked with the goat cheese and it didn't. So I'm not really sure what that was made out of, but it was very tasty. Um, and then I just kind of lounged around the rest of the day, um, prepping for today, which was my trip uh, to the Amsterdam Fun Forest, which is the ropes course that they have here in uh, in Amsterdam. And it was it was a workout um, today. So I set off at like ten o'clock. I didn't have much of a breakfast, um, just a, like a croissant and uh, some tea. And then um, I hit the road and biked over to where the fun forest was and got there about two hours before it actually opened because I misjudged how long it would actually take me to get there. It took about 15 minutes um, on bike, so not very long. Um, so I biked around the, uh, the forest for a little while, just killing time and doing the do. And um, eventually found this really cool outdoor gym thing, which was super neat. Oh, sorry. I'm just lying down. Yeah, that was very cool. It had a um, it had like four sets of rings, which were neat, like gymnastics rings. Um, a bench press, a I don't know what you call it. I guess a rowing machine. You're kind of like tilted forward on your chest, and you got the bar, and you're pulling it back up towards you. Um, so hit like shoulders and back, and they had like a bicep curl thing and. It was very cool. Got like a full workout. I also saw some uh, some locals give it a shot. 
And um, even though they were in shape, like when they're doing the bench, right, and they've got their arms fully extended on the bench when they, like, push up, and then when they pull down, it's kind of like a quick elbow dip. Like, it, they didn't do, like, a full um, rep. They did, like, a quick, like, eh, 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 kind of thing. And I'm like, that could have been what they were going for. I don't know. Um, or their form was just terrible. But they were not getting the full range of motion in the um, in the bench press. And um, what they were doing was actually going to wear out their elbow joints um, faster than anything I can think of. So it's probably doing them more harm than good. Especially with the amount of strain he had. Way too much weight. If, if he can't do the full rep, then he's got too much weight on. Um, at least that's my opinion. I don't know. It's not like I do this shit all the time or anything like that. Um, but that was very cool. And it was just like there. And I'm like, I'm going to kill some time on this. And um, I think I mentioned this earlier, actually. Yeah, there's like an athletics trail that goes through the forest. This is just like the main hub of it. Um, so I kind of biked along that trail for a little while. And I found a set of monkey bars. And the thing about the monkey bars is that children have the best muscle-to-weight ratio of any age ever. Right? Kids are freakishly strong. And it's because they weigh nothing. So kids can do shit like the monkey bars and climb trees and do crazy ass rope courses like they're nothing because they're children and they have energy to burn and they don't weigh anything. So the shit's no problem. So the monkey bars has been forever like a, a hurdle for me because I'm not a, a, a thin man. I'm 220 pounds um, and that's a lot on the shoulders due to the monkey bars because your entire weight is basically hanging from one hand at a time. Um, and it took me to the second try to actually do them correctly, because um, I wasn't moving my legs enough. I was just kind of dangling there and expecting to get the momentum, but you got to kind of swing back and forth. Um, and that fucking ruined my hands faster than I thought it was going to, and I almost botched the landing and almost twisted an ankle, but thankfully that did not happen. Um, and then, you know, killed some more time. Eventually found my way to what I think is the visitor center for the forest. It's called, like, De Boswinkel, I think. Um, which I'm thinking is, like, the forest center or something like that. Is what that translates to. And uh, they had this awesome fucking, like, little kids museum, basically, of talking about, like, the animals. They had, like, taxidermied um, animal species of, like, every bird in the forest including several owls, and apparently there are foxes in the forest. I didn't see a single fucking fox, but I think I believe foxes are mostly nocturnal, like raccoons. So perhaps that's why. Um, but I did see pretty much all the birds that I had seen um, just demonstrated here, and I talked about, uh, like, the there's this, this thing um, that when you start listening to the Game of Thrones audiobook, you'll learn about called hummus. And what hummus is, is the detritus of the forest kind of built up over time like decomposed leaves and bark and dead animals and all this shit um, that create like the kind of topsoil basically of the forest and um, it talked a lot about that and how it's made and all that kind of stuff and it had you know people who founded the forest and did some history and stuff like that and I thought that was very cool and had a little gift shop um, but everything they sold seemed to either be for a children or be very small people, because they had nothing in, like, my size. Like, a large would fit, like, a teddy bear, but it wouldn't fit me. Um, so I didn't get anything. I was tempted to, as well, because it's a, like, Amsterdam boss, and it had this picture of a fox on it. And I'm like, oh, that's adorable. Um, 
And I do love the Amsterdam Forest. I mean, I've been spending the last fucking four days. Four days? Three days? Days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, it's three days. Um, Digging around in there. Anyway, fast forward. Killed enough time. Eventually wandered my way over to the fun forest. Um, it's called something else, like Climb Park with like a K. Um, but I'm just going to call it the fun forest. And uh, they had like two people on staff that spoke English that could help me out. Um, but I, you know, paid my admission fee. I think it was like 25 pounds, which totally fucking worth it. Because the whole thing took me like three hours. Um, dropped off pretty much all of my stuff, including like sunglasses and all that, all that jam. Couldn't have anything in my pockets. No phone, no wallet, no watches, you know, nothing. Um, just my glasses on my face and my, my hands and my arms. And um, they, hit, they hooked me up with the harness and they gave me a helmet. And that's it. The harness had this zipline attachment thing to it where you kind of click it on and you click it off. Super easy peasy. And they had this, um, it was almost like a bandolier, but it was continuously open. It was this thick, heavy metal bandolier with about half a centimeter thick gap. And this thing um, is like your, your lifeline. Um, and it hooks onto the wires uh, throughout all the courses. Um, and what's brilliant about it is because it's like continuously open with that gap, um, what each like, course thing, so it'd be like you climb up into the tree, right? And you're on a little wood platform. And before you get onto the course itself, there's this metal plate with bolts, like six or seven heavy bolts running through that thing. And what you do is you arrange the bandolier to get the gap to slide through the plate, right? To slide it like, kind of, um, how, how can I describe it? Um, kind of like, have your hand open in like a, a C, and then just bring your other hand through it um, with it like flat. That's kind of the motion. So your your flat hand is the, is the plate as the bandolier just passes through it, and then you get onto the course itself. And you know, there's a little bit of rundown, like here's how to get on, here's how to get off, make sure the zipline thing is always in front of the safety lifeline, and um, you know, off you go. Um, they had eight courses that I could do. They have nine. They have nine courses, but the ninth course, uh, or rather the second course in the kit, in, or the first course, in this case, is for um, wee little ones. And I didn't want to get, like, caught, you know, in, in the stupid fishnet and be like, help. <laughs> help. That being said, I already felt like I was too big for this fucking thing. Because, like, all the, um, like, safety lifelines were, like, down below my chest while I'm standing on these things. Um, it doesn't really matter. Um, it would only be an issue if I was so tall that, like, my waist was above it, because then the lifeline would be, like, dangling below me, um, and that'd be a problem, but I definitely felt, like, clambering around, and everything was, like, way too small, and I'm just like, oh, god, and, like, whacking my head on wires and shit. Um, I only fucked up a course once, and got a pretty nice underarm bruise because of it, um... And that's because I misunderstood what the instructions were on that one. Apparently it was a zipline one and I didn't zipline. Um, but I'll talk about the specifics of that one here in a little bit. I'm going to try to remember kind of like the, the highlights of, of what I was happening. So just picture a, like a sea of trees right in a forest. And it's all built out of wood and thick wire cables. Um, like good thick can support my weight easily kind of wire cables 
And they're set up like um, like obstacle courses, you know? You do Route 2, and Route 2 is a great beginner course because it gives you um, a mixture of zip lines. Uh, each, like, I think, I think uh, number 2 had the most number of zip lines, um, which are obviously the easiest um, obstacle thing to do in the course because you just clip on and you zip over and you clip off and you move on. Um, the worst ones, the worst obstacles ones for me are a toss-up. There were a lot of ones where it'd be like a log or a plank of wood kind of like along in a bridge looking thing, right? Um, and there'd be like eight or 12 of them or something like that. And they're all kind of about two feet long um, facing you like a, like a wooden bridge, you know, just planks of wood in a row. And the only way they are supported is they are connected at the ends by the guidelines up near the safety line. Um, so when you step on it, the whole thing just starts seesawing from like side to side, back and forth, up and down, like just starts wiggling like a motherfucker. And it makes it very ungangly. And the, the cords aren't very, like, steady. They're pretty flexible, too. So you're kind of, like, swinging from side to side as you try to work your way across it. Those ones sucked a lot. Um, it wasn't great. The um, easiest ones, for me at least, were the ones where it was like, here's you're, you hold on to this rope or this cord, and you step on this cord, and you just walk across. And I'm like, oh, this, this is easy. Um, and you just fucking walk across. Might as well not have even been there. Um, the one I misunderstood and got hurt on was... It was like a giant pair of clogs. Um, and the idea is you're supposed to stand in those clogs uh, with a zip line on. And you're supposed to just kind of zip across. I didn't put the zip line on. And so basically what happened was um, I was holding on to my lifeline as the shoes just kind of ripped out from underneath me and dragged me along um and i wanged my arm like high speed against the the safety line and there's a nice model to bruise um on my right underarm that uh that doesn't look great so <laughs> that hurt um yeah it was it was pretty intense because if i couldn't do or didn't want to do the the technical thing in order to get through the obstacle I would brute force it, which most likely meant I was hanging on to like the lifeline of the obstacle with my hands and just kind of dragging myself through it. Um, and that worked uh, for the most part. There were only two obstacles I straight up didn't do. I'm going to do my best to try to describe them to you. Okay, so you're about, I think the highest I was, um, was, I'm not good with meters, um, but I would estimate I was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of at least 60 to 80 feet in the air at the highest point. Maybe 100. Um, definitely, definitely up there. Um, but it was just for like a zip line. Um, and that zip line was super long. Um, none of the zip lines really kind of got me. Um, like, I was never really scared to do the zip line. I was a little nervous. Um, but I wasn't scared to do the zip line. There were two things that did terrify me. And I'll talk about those. In a second, what was I talking about? Um, before I got to the um, got to the zip lining part, uh, so there were the clogs. Um, shit. Oh, was it? Oh, I was talking about the ones I skipped. So <clears throat> you got your safety line, 
about 50 feet in the air. There are maybe 10 green ropes dangling from above to below with little 10-inch circular platforms. And I believe the intention is that you you get both of your feet on one of those little wooden platforms and you're swinging, right? And then you grab onto the next rope and then while you're like kind of holding yourself up, you let go with your feet with the first rope and swing over and put your feet on the second one. And But the way it was kind of designed is that your lifeline is on the... Um, like you're on the side with your lifeline, right? And the ropes are on that side. But the cord that your lifeline is attached to is on the other side of the things. So you put your feet on and you're holding onto the green rope and your feet shoot out underneath the lifeline. And so it's all like at a wicked angle and it was all just kind of complete strength. And I just didn't have it in me at that point. So I just slapped the zip line on that cord and shoved myself off from the tree and rode across and caught a hold of the other tree and got off. And I'm like, I'm not doing this one. This one's bullshit. So I skipped that one. And then the other one I skipped was, remember how I was talking about the logs kind of horizontal facing you? So this one was, instead of them dangling from the two cords onto one log, one log would dangle twice from the same cord and they were kind of in a zigzag pattern. So instead of them being horizontal while you're looking at them perpendicularly, they were parallel to you, like, a, like rails on a train track. And so you step on one and your right foot just kind of fucking shoots straight out to the side like you're doing the splits. And then you step on the left one and you're just sitting there like straddling that shit in midair. And I hopped right the fuck off, put the zipline on. And I'm like, I'm not fucking with this. And I just shove off and I catch hold of the other side. I am incredibly thankful that I did not hurt myself on these ropes courses because like coming in hot and fast on those ziplines to the, um, like there were paddings for sure. But, you know, just one false move and bam, twisted sprained ankle all over again. Um, but thank God, knock on wood, that did not happen. And my ankles are completely fine. My whole upper body is jello. Um, it was probably not a great idea to do all my upper body work at the um, outdoor gym before the ropes course. And my hands are just shot. Just fucking so sore from gripping all these ropes and cords and things. Oh, man. Let's see. So... The two things that absolutely terrified me um, took place on the ninth obstacle course. And you couldn't do obstacle course nine until you had done all the other obstacle courses. Which, I'm like, that makes sense. Because um, I want to do them all, but I don't think I want to do them all more than once. Um, if I was going to do any of them again, I was probably going to do seven. Because seven had the, um, was the tallest in the trees and it had um, the longest zip lines. Um, so that made it very fun. Um, oh, there's also like, there were some fun obstacles where it was like, um, crawling through like a wooden cylinder. That was pretty cool. Uh, all the zip lines were great. Um, any obstacle that acted as elevation, fuck, fuck that. Um, there were a couple of those where it'd be like the stupid wooden balancing things that I was just talking about, but it would like ascend to like 12 feet up in the air. So not only are you having to like maintain your balance but you have to like lift your leg like way higher than you're supposed to um to step onto the next one and that thing would just start wiggling underneath you um but the two things that terrified me um were ones in the obstacle nine and so obstacle nine's safety arrangement so you weren't continuously tied into the cord on obstacle nine there were brief moments where you would be not latched in that's why they want you to do all the other ones and then you get a little bit of extra training on how to do obstacles nine because 
you're you're done. You're done if you go down. Um, and that was a present fear in my head because you're not standing on much. Like, the little wooden platform is, like, maybe two to three feet out from the center of this tree. And there's no guardrails. There's no fencing. It's just drop. Dead. You're done. Um, but you're continuously hooked in. Except for, except for Route 9. And so what Route 9 has is these little black boxes where you get your bandolier into the little black box. And then you grab the little black box connected to the obstacle course. And there were three obstacles that dealt with this type of locking mechanism. The first one... Um, was probably the second most terrifying one. Um, and it was the bungee zip line, which is exactly what it sounds like. And you, you get your second little black box attached to the bungee zip line, and you click it into the first little black box. And when you click them in right, um, there's inner pins that unlock. So you can slide the bandolier into the second black box, unlock it, and then you're locked into the bungee zip line. And then there's a secondary one um, that kind of clips onto your, your harness. And so you're all clipped in. And the guy's like, do not sit and just kind of fall off. Um, you need to step off, like standing. And I'm standing there with this bungee cord, like below my waist, like 50 feet in the air, maybe, maybe 60, because the bungee definitely dipped a lot. Um, and yeah, you just kind of have to waltz right off the edge. And it wasn't like skydiving. When I've got this dude attached to my back who's actually going to roll me out of the plane. This was absolutely just leap of faith to this shit. And I comically stand there, like one foot just like out. And I just kind of tilt forward. And I just go for it. And um, I get like one good bungee. And then um, it kind of just kind of goes boing. And then it just kind of stabilizes as you zip the rest of the way. Um, and you crash into a cargo net. And... I was like, you know, we splat, cargo net. And I got the cargo net. And, um, you know, honestly, as I was doing this, I kept thinking of Ninja Warrior um, and all the different dumb crap things they have to do. And I'm watching them, like, yelling at them. And I'm like, oh, climbing a cargo net isn't that difficult. Yeah, it's a little difficult. Uh, it might actually be easier for them um, to climb that cargo net. Because uh, what I had to deal with was my harness and this bungee fucking thing in my face. Like, punching me and shit and while I'm trying to climb this cargo net. So I was distracted by all sorts of dumb crap. They don't have to worry about that in Ninja Warrior. They just need to climb a cargo net. But, yeah, it's 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 difficult. Uh, at least harder than I originally thought. Um, but then you, you, know, you clamber on up and you clamber on over and you have to detach. Um, and there's another little black box on that side and you click it in and drag your little bandolier through and you click it out. And then you're off to the next one which was, in this case, a rope swing. Um, you know, again, 60 feet in the air. And uh, you got to click into the little rope swing. Um, the worst bit of the rope swing was that in order for you to pull the rope towards you, you had to reach down underneath the wooden platform you're hanging onto to grab a red rope to pull that shit in in order for you to attach it to your harness. And then you click, get clicked all in, and there's like a little thing for your foot. Um, but... I didn't want to use the foot thing for fear of, like, getting all tangled in it. So I just kind of, like, hook myself up using my arms, and I just swing across, and I grab the other side and hop off. And then there's a couple of other, you know, easy-peasy obstacles, um, including one that involves tires, um, which wasn't that bad. It just took a lot of hand strength yet again. Um, most of it was just, like, holding yourself up with your arms so you can maneuver your feet 
so you can put them down on the obstacle so you can reach for the next thing with your hands and then pull yourself up move your foot gently set it down rinse and repeat it was mostly arms not a lot of legs your legs were there to like kind of give your arms a break and to keep you stable um and then the last thing was you're given a choice you can either a take the left path which would be like across this obstacle and then down some stairs and just like all the other ones and you're free or b you climb higher into the tree and attach yourself to what is essentially an auto repel for like indoor rock climbing um but in this case it's just a free fall kind of deal uh you like you clip yourself in and then you just kind of launch off the top of the street and i'm sitting there at the at the crossroads and i'm like i did not work all the way over here to not do the free fall thing so you climb up there and the climbing up there is probably the worst climb up of any of them because it's like not very friendly with the handles so i'm like using the tree and using the platform and i'm huffing and puffing my way up there and by this time there are dozens of people when i got there when it first opened it was me and like a father and son and then two brothers like two little kids um and you know we all kind of started on different courses and i only had to deal with people on a course i was running on once um and it was course seven with all the super tall zip lines and it was the um the original dad and his son who was in my my entry group but there, by the time i was on course nine you know the park was full of people and you know i was the first person to do route nine that day um because i was the only one that was there long enough and had done all the courses in order to do route nine so like there were there were kids doing um like birthday parties and the course has this thing that um they put bananas on the obstacles like all over the place and if you're at a kid's birthday party and you collect bananas i think you get like a prize or something if you have the most bananas um but there were fucking little plastic bananas everywhere on these courses and after like course five when i'm like wondering what the fuck is up with these bananas the the dude that taught me um what's up and he's like the only one speaks english he was like oh by the way don't touch the bananas and i'm like what are they for and he's like birthday parties and i was like oh okay yes i won't i won't touch the bananas um although a little part of me was like i want to i want to collect bananas it's like a real life video game this totally was like a real life video game um but life is like a video game so yeah you climb up and I believe it's the second tallest point in the entire ropes course. Um, the first tallest point is when you're doing a zipline. Um, but this one was, if I had to guess, 75 feet, maybe. Definitely, you're up there. And, like, the worst bit is, like, the, the auto repel is a good distance away from the tree, so you don't smack shit on your way down. But what you have to do is you have to lean out into empty air and grab a hold of the auto repel which is like a like you know max extension holding onto the tree like grab it got it pull that shit back in clip yourself in and i'm standing there holding onto the auto repel um looking over the gap and it's like a, it's like a fucking diving board like you're just you're just going and for the first time in my life well not the first time but first time in a long time i sat there and i straight up was like okay god <laughs> i'm not a holy man nor a religious man but if ever there was a time for me to not die boy that'd be swell i'd be super thankful um and there was a there was a 
course right beneath. Um, I mean, not like directly beneath. You know, I wasn't gonna like land on people. Um, but there was this um, what I can only assume was like a business team corporate retreat outing. Like they were dressed way too nicely to be in the trees, and they were you know significantly older than I am doing this ropes course and they're all giving this one guy shit like you don't have to speak the same language to know they're giving this guy shit because he fucked up the zipline he had to pull himself the rest of the way like a doofus um but they're just right below me and um i just kind of hold on i said my little prayer and i just step off and um it's you know you fall for like maybe yes maybe a millisecond before that thing catches on and you're just gently drifting down but it's the total leap of faith and the psyching yourself up and it made one hell of a noise um in protest of lowering my fat ass down to the ground everybody's just looking at me because it made like you know it was like like this big whirring noise and i eventually get drifted down to the ground and did my thing and took off the harness and collected my stuff and by this time i was supremely dehydrated um, I had stopped sweating like two routes ago, and I'm like, I'm in, I'm in dire straits. I need moisture and liquid, like right the fuck now. And um, I pick up my stuff, and I start pedaling as hard as I can um, to the kayak place from yesterday, because they have like a little, little storefront, and I'm like, they're gonna have some stuff I can drink. I don't like to drink sodas. If I can help it, and I don't eat ice cream um, at all, but I was so thirsty and hot that I was like, I'm gonna get me like a Hagen Dawes ice cream bar, and it's gonna be the best. And so I'm pedaling hard. Um, throughout the, the forest, there are public drinking fountains, but they are the weird green pillar things where the water is continuously shooting upward in like a jet, just like straight up. Um, and I did pull over at one point and just chugged as much. Like, I'm not a big fan of the water here. It doesn't taste particularly great, but I, it, this was about survival at this point. So I was just like, chug, 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 drink all this fucking water. And that definitely helped. But I eventually made my way to the kayak place. And while the person there does speak English, they, like, I had to really think about what I was trying to say. And I'm like, popsicle. No. No. Okay. Um, ice cream. Ice cream? Yes. There we go. Um, and I pointed at, like, the the ice cream truck-style series of images to a frozen green tea popsicle um, because I'm just so cool. And I got, like, a Lipton lemon ice tea thing. Um, and I ate the popsicle, and boy, was that delicious. Um, it was bitter, which was awesome because I'm like, good, there's no sugar in here because this thing's bitter. And it tasted just like frozen green tea with honey. Um, like, a like it tasted of honey. It didn't have that honey sweetness. So I'm like, good. This is basically what I wanted. Um, and I ate that. And then I chugged the iced tea in, like, record time. And I threw all that shit out. And I used the, the burst of energy to bike my way the hell out of that forest back to the hotel. Um, I handed over the keys to my bike because I fly home tomorrow. And I ordered orange juice and... They have this Amstel Rattler 0%, which basically means it's just um, fucking sparkling lemonade with a little bit of non-alcoholic beer in it. And it's like the most refreshing thing ever. It's like my new favorite soda. 
Um, and I got I got one of those. And then I scheduled my shuttle for the airport tomorrow. Uh, I take off at like 2.30. And so I'm going to hop on the shuttle at like 10.45. I will have checked out of the hotel by that point. Um, probably going to eat breakfast here. I've definitely got the time. And I don't want to have to like fish out pills um, once I'm in the airport to, to take before I fly over. Um, speaking of which, I should take those here in a second. Um, yeah, once I'm on the other side, and through customs and all that shit, I'm gonna probably eat a little bit of more food. Um, I take off at 2.30, land at 4. It's a 9-hour time difference, which means I will most likely be in the air for... 10 and a little bit, 10 hours and a little bit. Um, yeah, I like take off at 2.30 in the afternoon on Thursday and I land a little after four on Thursday. Um, and so all that time I'll be up in the air like a fool. And um, I can't remember my seat for this flight. Um, knowing me, it, it's definitely an aisle seat, but I don't think I will be sitting by myself because um, I wasn't on the flight here. Unless this is the flight I'm seeing by myself. I'm not really sure. I'll fucking find out. Um, either way, I'm definitely having an aisle seat, which is always my preference. When I was younger, I loved the window seat. But now that I'm older, I love the aisle seat and being able to get up and pee literally whenever I want. Uh, that's, that's tomorrow's plan. I'm so goddamn tired. I might actually sleep on the plane. Who knows? Uh, if I sleep a little bit on the plane, just long enough that I can kind of coast to like a normal bedtime... And then zonk out and then wake up uh, the next day for work. I should be okay. Should be okay. And that's that's kind of my, my jam. That's kind of the last day in Amsterdam. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I've still got one pretty significant adventure left, which is a flight home. Um, and I will do, like, a, a final wrap on my thoughts on Amsterdam. But I think, uh, I think what I'm going to do right now is... Get some, get some fresh clothes out. Take a shower. And just kind of relax for a little bit. Maybe go downstairs and get some dinner. I'm not particularly hungry. Uh, maybe something small. Um, and then uh, settle that bill. enjoyed listening to my adventures in the Netherlands. Just a couple of quick notes here at the end. Number one, this week is actually the mark of the beginning of the Game of Thrones audiobook, so I hope you guys stuck around to hear this. Probably should have put it at the front of the hour, but here we are. Uh, Game of Thrones starts this Wednesday. It starts tomorrow night. It will be five chapters a week rather than the three chapters a week Harry Potter was because the chapters are a lot shorter with Game of Thrones. So I can get through them a lot faster. And like I said, there will be a normal episode of the Going Cast next week. And I think that just about covers it. Enjoy the rest of your week. I will see you all next week. Have a good one, everyone.